Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in our program, we look at a Harvard Business Review tip. This one is uh, make sure your sales goals aren't unrealistic. We're also having a chat with Christina, who is at the Dig Festival today, but we'll also be looking at a couple of uh, interesting uh, innovative products. But right now, we're going to have a chat with Craig McGregor from the Hunter Recruitment Group. And we're going to talk about full-time jobs and is it dying. Good afternoon, Craig. G'day, Julian. How are you going today? Oh, I'm very well, although uh, I'm glad I'm inside. I know. <laughs> Being at that Dick Festival will be great. I keep putting that in the calendar as a wish list. I'll have to get along there next year. Yeah, apparently they were talking about Google this morning. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's another day tomorrow, apparently. So uh, it does sound interesting. So so is is the full-time job dying? Look, my personal opinion is I think that it's it, it won't die but it's getting closer it's changing i think the you know the the days of um having a full-time role with one organization for for 30 years like our parents and grandparents probably did i think those di- days uh, gone. Not, they're gone yeah so and i think it's not just the the organizations that have changed their thinking you know the the generational changes coming through with um you know individuals now wanting more of a diverse career i suppose yeah, I suppose we've got a lot. You know, we've got a lot of other things to occupy our minds these days, both inside and outside of work, with all the technology that's there. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I truly think that as as the global economy changes and as technology rises, you know, that that full time role that we all used to aspire to or we all used to work within, um, I think that's that's changing. That you know, you look at um, you know the mining industry where we are here in the Hunter and the downturn in that industry. Yeah. I think that there'll there'll be an uptick in contracting over the next you know five years. Say that there's still coal that'll be dug out of the earth and still equipment that needs to be maintained and projects that need to be done. I think those organisations they may rethink how they employ people. So, so what sort of growth do you see happening? Probably people starting their own businesses, or or uh, organisations providing like labour hire, or uh, or uh, maybe those little hubs that are that are the innovation hubs that are spin, springing up. Yeah, I, I think you know if you look at different pockets or different markets, absolutely. Like again, mining industry. Yep, there'll probably be that individual that has expertise or skills that he'll either be. Uh, utilised by a labour hire organisation or or start his own and go out there and he'll find a project for three months and then he'll go and find his next project at another mine site for six months and and he'll just be working in that cycle. But the interesting stuff I see is that, and you know, it's already here in that sort of graphic design, creative type space where, you know, that freelancer crowdsourcing type model is occurring where, you know, Julian, for your business, you could, um, you know, post a, a, a submission of what you what your needs are onto a website, and you know, fifty, hundred, two, whatever number is of graphic designers may go. Well, here's how I would do that. Here's my you know, professional idea and the scope of the project, and here's my costs. And then you get to choose which one's best for your your organisation's needs. And I can see that becoming a reality in, in different markets over the next five years with you know the NBN technology and 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 also what we talked about people changing. I think that you know over the next five ten years people will will potentially want to work from home more or telecommute more or have. You know, you know what, I might want to work from uh, 6 in the morning till, till 10 and then I want to go off and spend some time with my kids and then I might, when they're in bed, I'll log on and I'll do some work at you know 8.30 at night type thing. So mm. the ability to be able to do that, mm. I think you'll see more and more people taking advantage of it. And, and of course, uh, 
with this with technology and the and the constant uh, very fast rise of technology and the internet it does allow people even uh, the more introverted people to be able to to uh, promote themselves because they can do it online that's right you know like it's a in my game, you know, you, you, your introvert in an interview is at a disadvantage. Yeah. Whereas, you know, take that sort of stuff online, then you know the, the playing field gets evened out slightly, so or, or a lot. So. And uh, putting your other hat on as the uh, president of the Maitland Chamber of Commerce, you've got some yeah. in- exciting things happening there. Yeah, look, we've got our, our regular um, meeting next Thursday, so that'll be the 20th um, up at the Mercure at Rutherford. Um, so we've got our, our regular rec- uh, sorry, our, uh, breakfast. 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 Not lunch, lunch at winter time. Um, so breakfast, and then, but more more excitingly, we're about to start uh, the launch of our. <clears throat> we're running a, a Maitland Business Week, so the chamber really want to focus on business in Maitland, and we've got some free events happening throughout the the 14th to the 17th of November. Um, different events, some free, some paid. Um, networking events. We've got some educational events, and it all culminates on the Thursday night at Town Hall. We're going to have, if you've heard of TED Talks, yeah. we're going to do something similar to that, but for Maitland. So we've got eight iconic Maitland speakers who are going to come and just—they've got 11 minutes to tell us their story, and I think that's going to be just fantastic. So, uh, if uh, people want to find out more about that, uh, on your website, or well, almost. <laughs> it's about a week, week away from being launched. You, you, you've heard it here. But it's exclusive for your radio station, Julian. Oh, fantastic! So it'll be it'll be launched. We've got um, uh, all, the, all the marketing type stuff being uh, produced as we speak. So it should be late this week, early next week. That all goes up on the website and all those sorts of things. So you'll be launching it next Thursday at the breakfast, I presume. Yeah, definitely be ready for that. <laughs> no, but but just for the people who are not going to be at your breakfast next week, the uh, the website is uh, what Maitland. Uh, Maitland Business.com.au. Sounds exciting. Excellent. We'll have a chat with you again another time. Cheers. Thanks, Julian. Thanks, Craig. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Craig McGregor there from the Hunter Recruitment Group. Yes, the way that uh, jobs are going these days, uh, that full-time job, we're becoming more and more of a contractor-type um, uh, nation. And, of course, uh, as we just alluded to, it's much easier to promote your businesses these days, even if you're not one of those outgoing people that can go networking and cold, cold calling. You can do a hell of a lot on uh, the internet these days. Time to pop over to Christina, who is at the Dig Festival. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you on this wet day? Very yeah. wet day. We're inside, so we're okay. We're okay. We are certainly <laughs> at that so yes, you're enjoying yourself at the Dig Festival today. I am, and it's and it's all about learning, and it's all about opening opening the mind to what's possible. Um, and interesting formation for Dig this year because they're not at City Hall where they usually are, and, and um, there's you know master classes plus keynote speakers. The whole thing is run this year as a two day workshop, uh, and the beauty of that is that each piece of the workshop builds on improving your business. Mm. Um, so we've actually got, um, you know, things around creativity, things around marketing, case studies thrown in. We're running a workshop this afternoon on the future of work. There's marketing automation. And at the end, um, it's, it's going to be almost like a blueprint for your business at the end of the two-day session. And the great news is that it's sold out. How fantastic is that? That's fantastic. And we've just been talking with Craig McGregor from the Hunter Recruitment Group, uh, group about uh, whether the full-time job was dying. So it's interesting to say the future of, uh, of work. 
Yeah, well, the future of work is very varied um, and it changes constantly. So, you know, 10 years ago, you wouldn't have predicted what the future of work is mm. going to be as you predict it now. So it's a, it, the goalposts are very movable. Um, and we, we just really need to remember that we are creating that future. So it, it's really down to us. But I thought I might talk about a few other little um, events that are happening around the world and, and um, learnings that have gone on. And the first one, Alzheimer's is such a, um, a, a devastating disease. Mm. And the figures are that there's something like 47.5 million people in the world that have dementia, mm. according to the World Health Organization. Uh, and there's a, a, a new machine that's being um, trialled in Toronto, Canada, and it's using natural language processing to identify different speech patterns um, and seeing if you can actually identify Alzheimer's disease and dementia faster. And this machine, if, if it does prove to, to be so, um, is much cheaper and a lot quicker than the existing method. So it takes something like 15 hours' worth of examinations, brain tissue examination currently. This machine, using the logarithms that it's going to create, is going to cut that time right down, which is quite crucial to, you know, when you're implementing treatments and starting treatments and also the, the discomfort and everything for the, for the patient themselves. Another nice. interesting thing that I was reading about this week, um, we have teleported particles of light up to six kilometres. So mm. never done that before. They're using um, fibre optic cable to do that. Uh, so it's a long way to go before we beam me up, Scotty, um, <laughs> and we're, you know, teleporting humans and objects. But the fact that we've actually started is quite an amazing process. And as we know, a lot of these things, once you start a process, they, they tend to snowball. Yeah, and other people so, get involved. That's right, yeah. So once you've done something successfully, and it's coming out of the University of Calgary Physics and Astronomy um, Research Area. So that's quite, that's, I mean, you know, hello, Star Trek, here we are. Yeah. Um, also, another interesting thing for people uh, who have been paralysed, they've been using stem cell, experimental stem cell therapy um, on, a, on a patient, 21-year-old patient, and he's actually re regained control over his arms and hands. So he was paralysed in a car accident, received the stem cell therapy and some other injections into his spine, uh, and now he can feed himself, use his cell phone, write his name, do, do a lot of the tasks that obviously he couldn't do before. Mm -hmm. So how that, how that is um, in, gonna, going to impact people who are paralysed and when we realise that paralysis is no longer permanent is a wonderful thing for people living you know, non-independent or dependent on other people's lives so they'll be able to live quite independently. Um, and yeah. the other thing is that, you know, groceries are soon going to be delivered by robots in Washington. So they've got absolutely accurate GPS systems in these wheel-based little robots. They look like little boxes that are, that are travelling on the ground, um, and they can travel at four miles an hour. I'm not sure how that converts into kilometres an hour in our, in our talk here. Um, but they're delivering, they've partnered with, there's a, a company called Starship Technology, so another example of a great collaboration, partnered with Mercedes-Benz, and they've designed a van customised to hold up to eight delivering um, robots, so they kind of get let out, and then the robots go and do their deliveries, and they all meet okay. back at the van. So, And what that does for, for people with disabilities as, as well is quite incredible, um, and also making our busy lives a little bit easier. Yeah, uh, when you say robots, you know, immediately comes to mind a, a human-looking robot. To, no, but, no, this is a little truck, a little <laughs> box-looking robot. But I don't think we're far away from those human-looking ones. I mean, we talked a, bit, a couple of weeks ago about Sophia. Uh, yeah, that's right. And, yeah. uh, you know, we had that TV program a 
about a, about a year ago, I think now, with uh, robots sort of becoming the maids and in the, in the home, and I don't think yeah. it'll be far bef- long before we do have those sorts of things happening. So, no. certainly those TV programs like uh, uh, Star Trek and so forth, uh, those sorts of things are happening now. They're paving the way, and it's amazing how many of those sci-fi um, movies, visions that you watch. Um, how we are moving into that territory. So if we actually look beyond um, the ones that have currently been fulfilled mm. uh, and find out where we're going with that, things like The Matrix, you know, Inception, all those kind of things, um, it will tell us potentially where we're going because we seem to put out a movie and then strive to reach it. I'm not sure. <laughs> or whether we're just being psychic and we get there. I don't know which, way, which one comes first. As long as we try to fix the problems that come with it as well. That's right, and, and my favourite quote, the best will be at our best when technology and humanity um, combine to make our lives easier. So. Yeah, excellent. Well, uh, I've actually got a quote from uh, Albert Einstein at the end of my program which talks about technology and uh, how uh, it still has uh, exceeded our humanity. Uh, yeah, and, <laughs> but, you know, the thing that I keep coming back to with that, Julian, is that we are in control. It is up to us. So we're the, we're the consumers, we're the people that are going to say, yes, we want that, yes, we want to use that, no, we don't want to use that. Um, and at the end of the day, it's like, you know, when people go, oh, they, I didn't vote for them, you know, and you go, yeah, well, who are the did. thems? And yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, somewhere along the line, you either did by voting or you did by not voting. So, exactly. Yeah, you know, we are responsible for our own, and the sooner we kind of really understand our responsibility, um, I believe, the better human society we're going to have. We won't get into what's going on in America at the moment with that. No, but, uh, no, we can't. <laughs> so you get back to your uh, your dig festival, and uh, we'll have a talk about some of the uh, workshops that you went to today, uh, next week. Yeah, we will. I look forward to it. Thank you. Have a good week. You too, Julian. Bye. Bye bye. That's Christina Kerikaitis there with uh, yeah some interesting. Um, advancements being made in technology and also the dig festival which we look forward to hearing from next week we've got time for a harvard business review tip make sure your sales goals aren't unrealistic when a majority of salespeople miss a goal it's often because the management team set the goal too high unrealistic goals not only dampen sales but also cause top performing salespeople to get frustrated and leave Here's how to assess whether your sales goals are stretching into the impossible. Firstly, track historic goal achievement outcomes. Set a benchmark for the percent of salespeople that should make the goals, which is typically 60 to 75%. If the percentage is consistently below the benchmark, then your goals likely are too high. Secondly, prevent padding. Don't allow senior leaders to pad national or regional goals before handing them down. Determine where the padding is occurring and to what extent and to what organisational level so you can stop it. And finally, use diagnostics. Classify salespeople into high average and low performance segments and track and compare voluntary attrition rates across the segments. Excessive attrition of high performers coupled with low goal achievements may mean that your goals are overstretched. And looking on a more positive side, assess new hirees for creativity. To build a team of creative thinkers, you need to hire people who are open to new experiences and have resilience, emotional stability, flexibility and empathy. During interviews with potential hirees, ask questions that test for these traits. 
For example, you may ask the candidates to come up with multiple solutions to a problem and then see if they are able to draw connections between those solutions to find a novel approach. If you want to test a candidate's ability to empathy, ask them to create a persona for a new product or have them tell a story about a day in the life of a potential customer to see whether they can take on someone else's perspective. These exercises give you valuable clues as to how well the applicant can connect with others, both emotionally and intellectually. Well, well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. In a moment, Dave Cochran will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to talk employment law with Rebecca McKenzie from Baker Love Lawyers. She's just back from maternity leave, so she's going to have a chat about the law there. Have a minute on innovation with Christina, and we'll, of course, have some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Albert Einstein once said, it has become appallingly obvious that our technology has exceeded our humanity. I wonder what he would say today. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.